0: Five Five. It's time to get back to the Matt Wyatt Show.
1: Live in the studio. Back with you. Hour number two, off and running. I'm Matt in the Bureau of the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Today, boys and girls, January the 31st, last day of the month. Uh is National Hot Chocolate Day. Did you know? Did you know that? Well, now you know. Today is National Hot Chocolate Day. So I have some hot chocolate for me. I don't enjoy hot chocolate as much. I enjoy it. But I don't enjoy it as much as hot coffee. I drink it all day, every day. From High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi, HighPointRoasters.com. Order your coffee there. What I have in my cup right now is actually a mixture of their flavor of coffee at High Point called Mocha Java and that Kona uh, Hawaiian coffee, which is rare and expensive, or more than others, but uh, I love it. Try it. Get you some at HighPointRoasters.com. But it is um, National Hot Chocolate Day. If you're a hot chocolate drinker, have some. I'll have coffee. In fact, you can put sweet stuff in the coffee. You know, some people put milk and sugar, and I don't put anything in mine. I just drink coffee black. And you put that stuff in mine, and I think I'm having hot chocolate. (laughs) Have some for me. Happy National Hot Chocolate Day. The Conversation was hot regarding the NFL. Lots of criticism for the Chiefs, but, um, you know, there you go. By the way, uh, the guy who, people are pointing this out, there's always a recruiting angle for some people. (laughs) They're pointing this out. but The guy who hit the game winner for Cincinnati, McPherson, Evan McPherson, he's uh, from Alabama, played high school football in Alabama, and was initially committed to Dan Mullen at Mississippi State, and then... Decided to go to Florida when he went there. Here's what it sounded like last night in Kansas City on the radio. Four years ago, he was a senior in high school in tiny Fort Payne, Alabama. Now the Bengals' Super Bowl chances rest on his right
0: foot. The kick is up. It is good! Coffin nails! (laughs) Bam! 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 That is unbelievable the Cincinnati Bengals come from behind on the road. Unbelievable, Dan.
2: It is no fluke. <laughs> it is a fact. The Cincinnati
1: Bengals are headed to
2: Super Bowl 56.
1: How about that? Here's Joe Burrow after the ball game.
0: How did the team and the franchise turn around from last place in the AFC North last season to this year making it to the Super Bowl?
1: You know, I think it's uh,
0: you know, that's a tough question because you know, you don't really think about it that way. You just
2: think about it as, you know, going into an offseason and, you know, working really hard for potential opportunities. And this is, you know, what you what you work so hard for. You know, we didn't go into the off season saying, hey, we got to have a great offseason to make it to the Super Bowl next year. I think everyone just went into it and said, I have to get better as a player so we can be better as a team.
1: Level-headed. Joe Cool, taking the Bengals to the Super Bowl. Hey, Bill. Yes, sir. I'd like to tell you a couple of the Homecoming Queens observations during the ball game yesterday, real quick.
2: Those ought to be good.
1: She says the funniest stuff. And the thing is, she doesn't do a lot of talking. So it's about four or five comments per game, and you don't know when they're coming. So there's long droughts of of no speech, and then she'll say something, and you're like, gum, that's funny. (laughs) So... To catch her saying it like on camera or on audio, I'd have to just roll on the. It'd take a lot of tape. But anyway, here's the first observation was they get to the end of the third quarter and the Chiefs just look terrible in the second half. And she says, just out of the blue, I think the Chiefs must have had too many little Debbies at halftime or something. <laughs> yeah, they just went in the locker room thinking they had the game one and they just probably. You know, eating Little Debbie brownies and having a little party, and they ate too much. That was the first thing. We laughed about that, which sent us off into this conversation about the best Little Debbie snacks. My list was number one, Star Crunch. uh, Number two, Oatmeal Cream Pies. And third would be the Zebra things. Of course, during Christmas time, the Christmas tree cakes are similar to the Zebra. She's not a big fan of Star Crunch at all. At all. But anyway, we got into all that. But the other thing was, she <laughs> said the Bengals' uniforms, yeah, the Bengals had the tiger stripes and the helmets. And the, and the pants, they had on the white pants with those tiger stripes on the side of the pants. And she said that the Bengals' uh, pants looked like something that a jazz dance team would wear in the 80s. <laughs> and I started thinking... You know you're exactly right. <laughs> you know you go to like a in the '80s you go to like a kids uh, ballet recital or dance recital, and one group's doing jazz, and they got little tiger stripe pants on. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what they look like. We're gonna let for the record. Okay, this is neither here than there. It does not matter. The teams matter. The players matter. I'm excited. These are two really good teams. I'm excited to watch these quarterbacks, one from Georgia, one from LSU, all this. But this is an all-time bad uniform Super Bowl, <laughs> okay? You you've got two of the worst looking I mean, the Rams look like something straight out of a comic book and their numbers on their jerseys seriously look airbrushed. Okay, like they got airbrushed numbers. And the Bengals are just the Bengals, (laughs) okay? Like all time bad. So thank goodness the teams are good. Thank goodness because it doesn't really matter. Special K texted the show and he said, "Don't be disrespecting honey buns like that, Matt. They got to be number one on everyone's list." I'll say this about the little Debbie snack honey buns: when they are fresh, you know, relatively new and fresh, good. If you ever get one that's been sitting there too long, ugh. Now, Jim says I'm clueless about uniforms. Maybe so. Maybe so. It's just my opinion. Yeah, I'm not a fashion guy, so I wouldn't know. I'm just, Jim, I didn't start it. Okay, I'm telling you, my wife made the observation. She said the Bengals pants looked like something yesterday. (laughs) That an 80s kids jazz dance group would wear. <laughs> They're bad. I just like the classic uniforms. I'm saying like if you had Packers versus you know, Raiders. Okay. I mean seriously. You can't beat that, right? As far as uniforms, eh? Right? Something classic. Hey, I'll give you this, Jim. I'll give you this about the Bengals' uniforms. At least you're not the Rams. (laughs) They're pitiful looking. I swear it looks like... Well, they have airbrush numbers. Straight out of Panama City. You go to Panama City Beach... For summer vacation in 1987, and you come home with an airbrush shirt with your name on it. And he's like, hey, you know the guy that does the airbrush at the little cheap little shop down there in Panama City. Hey, you play baseball? Yeah, what's your number? Nine. And he puts a number, he airbrushes a number nine in the back of your t-shirt. That's what they wear. <laughs> That's the world we live in. <laughs> okay, enough about that. Enough about that. This is silly. It's too silly. White Denzel Texas show and says, Matt, just a FYI, Little Debbie is now selling Honey bun, Star Crunch, Strawberry Shortcake, Oatmeal Cream Pie, and Zebra Cake, and Swiss Roll-flavored ice cream in Walmart. Denzel, somehow the other day, we were sitting in the living room, Annabeth saw that and said, Mary Liddy, come here, look at this. And Mary Liddy came across the room, and they were sitting there ooing and eyeing at this Little Debbie flavors of ice cream that they're now selling. I'm like, no, no, no. Not doing that. <laughs> no. Uh, here's what it sounded like last night. Speaking of the Rams, Matthew Stafford, has have you ever seen somebody have a couple of more clutch throws and moments in tight windows and pressure than he has last week and this week to get his team to the Super Bowl. Yeah, you've you got you've got to be proud for him. But actually it was his, um, <clears throat> for the play that sealed the game last night, his defense was on the field. Snap back to Garoppolo, pocket crumbling, he spins out, he's hit, he's
0: wrapped up, he flips it forward, it's tipped, it's intercepted, it's intercepted, it's intercepted! Aaron Donald got pressure on Garoppolo, and Traven Howard clinches the NFC Championship game! With 1.09 remaining at SoFi Stadium,
1: San Francisco is heading home! The Rams are staying home to play in Super Bowl 56. Hey, and, and Bill was pointing it out how this is 2 years in a row now that we have the team hosting the Super Bowl in their stadium playing in it. I mean, what are the chances of that? Here's Stafford after the ball game. I don't
2: know that I ever, you know, thought about you know what I would be feeling at this moment. Other, than, you know, I probably just sat there and just wished I could be in those in those games. And uh, I'm so happy that I've got the opportunity to be in them, and I'm going to have an opportunity to be in another one that uh, I've always wanted to play in. I don't know. I just – I'm excited for these guys and, and looking forward for the opportunity.
1: That's Matthew Stafford uh, after the ball game. Uh, feel free to get your text or comments in. Debbie on Facebook said, oh, well, Urban Meyer told Joe Burrow he, quote, threw like a girl. Kept him at third and second string for three years. I hope he loves the taste of crow. Well, and look, you know, we can say we want. It didn't work out with Dwayne Haskins uh, in the NFL. I mean, boy, it it really didn't. Um, I mean, but obviously he's a big-time talent. He was a very highly thought-of recruit. He was successful with great numbers in college. Talented enough to to check all the boxes to be a first-round pick. And it didn't work out. So... The evaluate evaluation is tough, and some positions are um, more hit and miss than others. Offensive line coming out of high school and even out of college, very hard to evaluate it. Maybe not the big athletic tackles, but, but interior linemen, stuff like that. It's hard to evaluate it, and especially quarterbacks. It's tough, you know. You, know, you show me a defensive end who's like Montez Sweat. Six foot, six and a half, six foot seven, two fifty five. Literally runs a four three or four four at that size. He plays defensive end, and he's done it in in the Big Ten and the SEC. Like that's pretty easy to evaluate. Quarterback. It's just it's just not it's not easy to evaluate. All right, over on the phone line, the Davinci Equipment phone line. More bully hanging on line one. Hey, more bully. What's up?
0: What's happening, Matt? Yo. Hey, dude. You know, one thing I like about um, the Super Bowl, and I'm just going to throw the Olympics in there too because they're coming up, is all these side stories you get about the people's lives and where they come from. Hmm. And can we have two more like intriguing stories with the two quarterbacks I know. Uh, hmm. in the Super Bowl? Like Joe Burrow, he, he's only the third player to uh, be able to win a national championship in football and a Super Bowl. And, you know, the other two are Joe Montana and Joe Namath. How about that?
1: How about that? Well, we had the thing yeah. earlier, uh, more bully. somebody said he could be the first to win the Heisman, the National Championship, and the Super Bowl. Try, I think they said, oh. he, yeah, because he threw the Heisman in there saying he was trying to be the first to do that. But somebody texted me that. I haven't, like, gone and verified it myself, but I saw that earlier.
0: Well, let's just let's go for the trifecta there,
1: Joe. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah, right? it's as easy as saying it, right? <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean, you know, I, uh, I'm i not a real big NFL guy. I just like the college game better. But, man, you couldn't ask for a better playoff this year. Oh, and really? yesterday was just absolutely incredible. You,
1: you could uh, not – This is the best, most compelling NFL playoffs I can ever remember.
0: The only one that I were. I can. The only game I'll put up there is the one, the Cowboys versus uh, the 49ers. Yeah. When oh, no. uh, Dwight Clark caught that ball mm-hmm. in the end zone, that was crazy. Yeah. But you're right. Those are those are some. Cra- I mean, coming from so far behind to do that, so that showed the toughness and the tenacity. Yeah. Uh, but man, uh, what's his name? Oh, Jones. He couldn't catch nobody yesterday. But
1: uh, I mean, it didn't look like they were slippery or something. I mean, he yeah, would, he would get wrong. there, and he couldn't hang on, you know. Um, yeah. They just did not right. make the plays. You know what I mean? Like, scoring 21 yep. points was never going to be enough. They scored 21. And it's like you knew it was never going to be enough. And and from that point on, they just did not make the plays, period.
0: Yep. You just got to keep making birdies,
1: man, you know. That's it. The
0: pack's going to catch it.
1: Pedal to the metal. So.
0: So all right, I'm brother. T- Have a good week, man. You
1: too. You too, more bully. You know, my he has a golf analogy there. My my golf fandom kind of comes and goes. It's like I'll get into it, I'll watch it for two or three years, be really into it. And then I get tired of it and I stop watching golf. I've always done that. I'm in for two, three years, and I'm out. And then I get back in for two. And yesterday, like after two, three years myself, of the only golf I paid attention to was the Masters. And of course, it was great when Tiger Woods won, all this. Well, yesterday. I just randomly flipped over, watched a little golf. I'm like, this is cool again. (laughs) And I got interested again. So I'm just telling y'all, get ready. This may be a spring where you hear me actually talk about having watched some golf. That's all I'm saying. Now, I brought this up earlier, and here's an opportunity to, to remind you again. Since Debbie mentions it on Facebook, Debbie says two SEC quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. Yes, this is the fourth time that has happened in history where you've had two opposing starting quarterbacks, former SEC guys. This one, okay, the previous was in 2016. It was Peyton Manning versus Cam Newton, Auburn, Tennessee. Prior to that, it was 2006, 10 years earlier, it was Peyton Manning versus Rex Grossman, Florida, Tennessee. And then prior to that, you got to go all the way back to, like late 60s, early 70s, sometime in there, 60s, 70s, when it was Fran Tarkenton versus Kenny Stabler, Alabama, Georgia. And those, including this one, are the four times in history you've had opposing quarterbacks who are both from the Southeastern Conference. Pretty neat note right there. Special K texted the show and said, My five-year-old loves the Tiger Stripes and the comic book Rams, but every time someone scores, regardless of who's playing, he says, Touchdown, hotty tidy old Miss. <laughs> That's great. So, you, Special K, you need to teach him these other ones, Okay. Tell him how to do the the Kansas City chop-chop and and tell him how to go, Chiefs and see if he likes that. Earl in Madison texted the show. He goes, Matt, you are absolutely correct about stale honey buns and uniforms. He goes, but throw state in there, too, because there just ain't much good you can do with maroon. (laughs) I didn't know where you were going with that, Earl. Uh well you know to each his own yeah I'll be honest with you okay I I can't not like Maroon for obvious reasons and um I've I've bec- I've grown over the years to like it so much because it's my school right because it's the uniforms I wore I never really thought about it doing all that but now too like you say there ain't much you can do with it I'll tell you this. The baseball uniforms that State wears, maroon and white baseball uniforms, you can do a lot with it, and it looks great in a baseball uniform. You have to admit. It, it just looks good. And for something something about baseball, I don't know what it is. But it just looks good in a baseball uniform. <laughs> am, I, am I being affected by the wins and losses and stuff? But, but I will give you this. Anybody out there designing a uniform that had red as an option and didn't go with it made a mistake. Red, it looks great on everything. Like, for instance, look at that red hog on the front of my Country Pleasing hat right there. Look at that right there. Doesn't that look good? Look at that bright red hog. See, the people at Country Pleasing on Highway 49... In Florence, Mississippi, at Country Meat Packers, where the country pleasing brand brand comes from. And they got that bright red hog. Look at that one back there. See that red hog? They knew what they were doing. Red, it's just something about red. The Chiefs? Look at those uniforms. Come on, man. that looks good. I like it when the Atlanta Braves wear that bright red jersey. I like that red, man. Who cares what I think about uniforms? What in the world am I doing here? Okay, let's see here. Every week, Tony says, if Burrow wins, he'll be the first quarterback to win all three of those awards. Okay, Heisman, national title, Super Bowl. And then he says, but three different people, three different people have won all three of those awards. One of them was a defensive player. But hold on a minute. You, well the awards a national title in a, in a Super Bowl is not an award but I, I get kind of what you're saying so the so one would have been Charles Woodson they won a title at Michigan I guess so but who would the other have been that won a Heisman okay so it would have been a non-quarterback well that means we're talking running back then right Hmm. I guess we can figure it out. I'm not smart enough to figure it out. All right, listen. When we come back, there's hiring and firing news in SEC football at a couple different places. There was some interesting basketball that happened. We're going to cover that. And a little trip into the Wayback Machine. We got a lot to get to here. In the remainder of the show. So stay with me, would you? Here in the Farm Bureau Studio. I'll be right back. And now the guy who's not bald, he's just taller than his hair is.
0: Nice hair! It's a Met
1: Wire Show. Ba, 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 ba. Here we go. Back with you. I'm Matt in the bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. They are your home team. Staying connected to you because of CSpire, the number one network in Mississippi. CSpire, customer inspired. All right. I'd like to go into the Wayback Machine because this one hits close to home. It's a show I used to like when I was a kid. A couple things, couple things, and then we're going to cover some sports. <laughs> All right, first up. On this day, on this day in 1988, January 31st, 1988, this show... Aired for the first time on ABC. Watch what would you do if I sang out a tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? It's the Wonder Years starring Fred Savage. Years, and, and the woman from the Hallmark Channel who played Winnie try Cooper to back sing then. Out of key, yeah. oh, baby, It was an outstanding show back then. Yeah, like I... They
2: have a remake of it on now, too.
1: Yeah, I heard about that. Have you watched it? No, I have not. I haven't seen it either. But, Bill, every time I walk through the room and Annabeth's watching the Hallmark Channel, and there's a great chance that the actress who played Winnie Cooper on The Wonder Years is now as an adult playing a lead role on the Hallmark Channel movie. He's all over the Hallmark Channel. And so I see her and I go, Hey, it's Winnie! <laughs> and because I always pointed out, Annabeth has accused me of having a crush on her. Like I must have had a crush on her when I was a kid. And I didn't really. I didn't. It's just I know her as Winnie Cooper and associate her with that show. The Wonder Years. Okay. The Wonder Years, uh, it was a coming-of-age situation comedy television series created by Neil Marlins and Carol Black. It ran on ABC from 1988 until 1993, and the pilot, which was the first one, aired on this day, the 31st of January 1988, and it was right after ABC's coverage of Super Bowl XXII. Um, they, They it made a big debut, starred Fred Savage. We get it, and here's the thing about it. Okay, it was a family. The show came on in the late 80s. It covered a family in the time period, Bill, of the late 60s. Right? When you watch the show, it was set in the 60s. Everything was 60s. The cars were 60s. The house, the decorations, the clothes, the haircuts. It was all 60s stuff. And when I was a kid in the 80s, watching the Wonder Years, late 80s, early 90s, At that time in my life, them showing me the 60s seemed ancient. I thought it it might as well have been 50 years before I came along. And now I got perspective. All right, it's 20 years. It was only set 20 years earlier than the time it actually aired. So in other words, that would be the same as right now. Right now, if a show started today... Showing the same gap in time as the Wonder Years did back then. It would be a show set in 2002. Y'all realize that? Now, I'll give you just a minute. (laughs) I just thought I'd point that out. I do, Bill, have one more thing I want to throw at you from the Wayback Machine here. And this is something I feel certain that you probably were aware of. You know
2: that was Danica McKellar you were talking about. Okay, that's Winnie.
1: that's. Say it again, Danica. Yeah. Danica McKellar, and you know I think
2: she's a like a math genius or something. She's a very smart. Really? Uh, yeah, she's written books for children mm-hmm. about
1: mathematics that kind of thing.
2: Yep. Winnie, it's like the girl that was
1: on yeah Winnie. It's <laughs> like the, uh, the girl. It's just that, like uh, before she, she went to jail. The the woman that played Aunt Becky. Yeah. <laughs> she was all over. I can't even remember her name now. She's. Yeah. The, the bribe the colleges to get her kids in but she was all over Hallmark. I'd walk through the room mm-hmm. and I'd point out, hey Aunt Becky!" <laughs> and the
2: girl was on the Big Bang Theory, you know, she's actually a, a very, she's a genius so also she, when it comes to like a neuroscience Really? A neuroscienti- yeah, she's a scientist. Yeah. I had no idea. She got a brand new show on now called Call Me Cat that's on
1: Okay,
2: box. okay. So she's out there acting again too. Very good. Cool. Yeah, she's a very, very smart.
1: All right, well, let's see how smart you are in the musical sense. Okay. Okay? I'll try. All right, and this is going to be something you're probably aware of, okay? So, in 1970, on this day, January 31st, 1970, on American Bandstand, a guy named R.B. Greaves, all right, this isn't the trivia right here, but I'm leading up to it. He performed, R.B. Greaves performed this song on American Bandstand on this day back in 1970. Say it again. Had to be my Maria. It was. <laughs> and you heard like one guitar lick and nailed it. Oh, yeah.
0: There was the woman I thought I knew in the arms of another man. I kept my cool, I ain't no fool.
1: All right, and so I'm going to give you just a bar or two of this, but it, it leads me to something else I discovered.
0: I and I ain't going back again. Back again.
1: So take a letter, to Maria. Address it to my wife. Address it to my wife. I be coming
2: home. Yeah, that's I start story me song, Yeah, I got a start of the He goes on and finds out he's actually in love with the secretary.
1: <laughs> that's right. He mentions that later in the song. Take a letter, Maria. <laughs> okay, so the guy who sang this, R.B. Greaves.
0: Check it out. secretary
1: to me. secretary to me. All right, so huh? this is R.B. Greaves. Well, on the same show, he performed uh, another song. Okay, and it's this. You're gonna people listening who don't know this are going to recognize this tune. All right.
0: All
1: right. It may be ringing a bell. Some people may know it. Always something there to remind
0: me. I to love you, and I will never be free. You always be a part of
1: me. Okay, R.B. Greaves. All right. That song, Bill, called Always Something There to Remind Me, written by Burke Baccarat. I had prior to the day never heard R.B. Greaves version of that song. Do you can you think of The other version I might have heard. Oh, of course I can. Okay. Sung by a group in... A
2: little bit more electronics in this one.
1: (laughs) Sung by a group in the 80s called Naked Eyes. It's
2: the same song. Yeah. Think there's actually any interest instruments in that song. It's all electronics. All
1: electronics, even like sound effects, and weird mm-hmm. stuff like that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Fall, okay, so that's the same song. And I so I had to look at it up. i going, wait a minute, hold on. So there was a version prior to the one from the 80s that you just heard. I'd never heard the previous version, RB groups. And then you come to find out he didn't sing the original. Three different singers, groups. Made that song famous, Bill. This was one in the original, Ooh. was somebody called Sandy Shaw, you know. Bert
2: Bacharach,
1: a lot of people recorded his songs, so apparently. So, guess. oh man, okay. So, the original version, okay. So, you heard like the one we all know, uh, the the one, is one of people. you know. So, this is the 80s, you know, synthesizer version that everybody's heard. All that kind of stuff. Well the original one was this, Sandy Shaw. Listen how different it is. Forget you. <laughs> there is always something that remind me.
0: Believe
2: it or not, I've heard that one too.
1: I, I knew I you had. Yeah. that to remind me. I was born to love you. Now this
0: is just a great it's a great
1: song so yeah. people want to keep redoing it. I That's mean, it. I mean, and this, one's like very, this one would have fit right into an Austin Powers movie. That I think, particular uh, I think version.
2: actually Dionne Warwick did that song also. I
1: think okay, did, Dionne Warwick time. did it? Yeah. I mean, it's just all over the place. And, and so here I am, because we do this every now and then on the radio show. I'm 45 years old. All I'd ever heard was the recent 1980s version. I had no clue there were all these other versions of that. And I knew you would have heard it because you would have played some of them. Oh, yeah. Anyway, trip into the Wayback Machine winnie cooper and the works yep. let me get it in there
2: yeah, take a beatles song and how many times it's been re-recorded by oh, yeah. People, like, <laughs> yeah. You
1: know. yeah
2: um all right so, so yesterday is the most re-recorded song of all time i think
1: yesterday yeah it was a beatles song who wrote that mccartney uh, paul mccartney yeah um originally titled
2: scrambled eggs no Yeah, when he was writing it, he didn't have a title yet. So he called it Scrambled Eggs. Scrambled (laughs) Eggs.
1: Yeah, Louvier. Okay. So I was talking about the gap in the wonder years. Louvier sent this, and I saw this the other day, and it blew the hat right off my head. When you realize, he says, when you realize that 1970 and 2022 are as far apart as 1970 and 1918. I'm just going to need a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It's the, yeah, you, your mind starts playing tricks on you. It starts trying to consume and understand time and <laughs> what happens. Hoghead Cheese telling us that Elvis was not the first one to perform blue Ooh. suede shoes. Carl what? Perkins, the man who wrote it. Carl Perkins. Wow. All right, so up next, back to football. Auburn's had a shakeup on its staff. Mississippi State has shaken up its staff. I'll tell you next. Stick around.
0: Are you ready? Get ready for the Mississippi State Radio Analyst. And who's on your radio? Right now. now. You've got the Matt Wyatt Show.
1: Pa pa back with you. Getting all set to wrap things up with you here. But uh, we got a ways to go. Plenty of time for you to get your texts in, your calls. And your comments on the live stream. Hey, everybody. I think uh, Richard got this on YouTube, uh, Bill. Uh, Richard says, don't know if it's true, but I've heard that Carl Perkins is the only person to sell more copies of the same song as Elvis uh, with Blue Suede Shoes. He sold
2: over a million copies.
1: How about that?
2: I've got it queued up if you want to hear a little bit of it.
1: Yeah, let's hear Carl, per- Carl Perkins' version of is, Blue Suede Shoes. Yeah,
2: this is from the Perry Como show. Okay, That's how long ago it was? Well, it's
0: one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready now. Go, cat, go! But don't
2: step on my blue suede shoes. Well, you can do
1: anything, me off my blue suede shoes. How about that? I mean, it's a lot like it. Yeah, well, he wrote it, so, you know. Yeah, it. So it sounds like, I mean, Elvis just recorded it the way that he sang it. That's and good stuff. Yeah. That's good stuff. So there you go, Richard, you got it. Carl Perkins.
2: Carl Perkins and the trio. That's and the trio. But they sold uh, 1.5 million copies of that. I
1: tell you, that's, that's a lot of copies.
2: That's a lot, considering Elvis was did the song, too, and he didn't sell that many.
1: That's right. That is a lot. Hey, let me cover a couple of things from the weekend for you. Women's basketball, all right? Uh, Mississippi State beat Texas A&M in women's basketball yesterday by 20 points, beat them 78-58. And, you know, State's had some players quit here recently, and others they're without. They're trying to get back, Jessica Carter being one of those. Down to about six or seven players. They've been without coaches because of COVID. They've got an interim coach, and and they win yesterday to get to back back to five hundred in the SEC. And the fan base has really gotten behind that team. They play so hard. They've had people step up. Um, it, it's really it's really incredible, the fight and scratch and claw that's going on right now with the women's basketball team at state and. You know, they got some big games. They've lost some. You know, they got beat earlier by Ole Miss, and it'd been a while since they'd lost to them like that. Uh, but but they've got some big ones coming up, and they just you know, they're this underdog group because of everything they've gone through and their numbers are down, and they just continue to play and hustle and um and that deal yesterday beating A and M by twenty points. And AM's not great. They fall to one and seven in the SEC, but run them out of the hump by twenty, and the fan base is behind it. And and it yeah, you, know, you look at it. Yesterday, it's like the women are back to drawing more people for their games than than the men do. Of course, the men had a great draw for the Ole Miss game, which was a win going a while back. Uh, we'll get to the men's side. Ole Miss was at home against a really good Georgia team. Fifteenth ranked Georgia went to the Ole Miss women. Ole Miss is ranked in the top twenty-five in women's basketball, but Georgia a little better. Beat them by ten yesterday in the Pavilion. Uh, so Georgia goes five and three. Ole Miss drops to five and three and s in the SEC. It's a couple things from women's uh, basketball for yesterday. What's coming up this week? I know they've got some big games in the hump, and uh, fans are really starting to support them. <clears throat> they they really got some fight, scratch, claw going on. Men uh, men's basketball. You had the SEC Big Twelve Challenge over the weekend. Uh, Ole Miss got a win, beat Kansas State in the Pavilion, and uh, Ruffin had uh, 17 points in the ball game, 13 of those in the second half, kind of pulled away. In the second half, 67-56, an 11-point win for Ole Miss over Kansas State. Kansas State drops back to 10-10. and Ole Miss moves up to 11-10. State went out to Texas Tech, you know. Texas Tech, a top 15 team, and just got embarrassed. I mean, just got run out of there. <clears throat> got beat by 26 points. 76-50. So State still looking to win a road game. State 0-4. Uh, still looking to win a road game, and uh, that was after a close overtime loss in the midweek to Kentucky. Kentucky turned around, went to fifth-ranked Kansas and blew them out, beat them by 18 points, 80 to 62. Texas beat Tennessee, upset them by one point. Alabama with a huge upset, fourth-ranked Baylor went to Tuscaloosa and Alabama beat them by nine, 87-78. Uh, LSU lost to TCU. LSU is two and four. One of the best teams money can buy, and they can't play dead. They're having a hard time. Vandy beat Georgia, and South Carolina went to Texas A&M, beat them. Florida beat Oklahoma State. That's an SEC Big 12 challenge. Now, coaching staff stuff. I told you I'd mention this to you, so if you're tuned in, you need to know this. A couple of things for you. First of all, Austin Davis, former Southern Miss quarterback. He's from Meridian. You know, he was big time at Southern Miss, a draft pick. Uh, started and played for a few teams in the NFL, long NFL career. has been coaching in the NFL re- recently in Seattle. And just a little while ago, like a month or whatever it was ago, he took the job on the Auburn coaching staff as offensive coordinator, quarterbacks, coach. Going to be a first-time coordinator, going to go do it in the SEC. And um, today, we learned that he is resigning. Okay, so he's... Haven't coached yet, hadn't had a practice yet. Took the job effectively, just barely got on the job, and has decided he didn't want to do it. And there's a quote today from the folks in uh, Opelika, just outside of Auburn, Auburn Opelika News. A quote says, "My decision. This is Austin Davis saying, My decision to resign is 100% based on personal reasons. After more than a decade in the NFL, with the daily grind as a player and coach, I've realized how much I miss my family and my desire to spend more time with them. So he thought he wanted to get in that coaching grind, but something has has turned him away. So just about as soon as Austin Davis took the OC job at Auburn, he's resigned from it. Now, nobody, even though the title said offensive coordinator, quarterbacks, coach, nobody was under the illusion that he was actually going to really, I, I guess, be the full-time OC calling the plays and running the offense. Everybody felt like it was going to be Harson. You don't, in the SEC West, you generally don't make somebody, you know, a first-time coordinator on one side of the ball or the other in the SEC. You generally don't do that. but I'm not saying he killed could or couldn't, it was just kind of outside the box. You felt like it'd be Harson's offense. Davis would coach the quarterbacks, but since Harson is the head coach, you name him OC and QB, you keep those two things tied together, but he's not going to do it. So I don't know what direction Auburn's going to go there. And then at Mississippi State today, um, there is one new coach, but he's not new to the coaching staff, really. He's just moving up, and a bunch of the others are moving around. Okay, So they have shifted responsibilities within the staff, effectively. Mike Leach hired a guy named Drew Hollingshead to be the inside receivers coach and replace Dave Nickel, who went to – USC to be on Lincoln Riley's staff. But here's the thing. Hollingshead was um, an offensive assistant under Leach for, for six years in one capacity or another. Okay. So he's he's, um, he's been with him at Washington State. He came from Washington State to State with him, one of these kind of off-the-field offensive guys this position opens up and so they are elevating him into an on-field coach's role and he's he's been with him a bunch and very familiar which makes a lot of sense honestly this is the kind of hires that Mike Leach has always made in every stop that he's had really is you know people come in they work as GAs and work their way up and and he's elevated guys in fact Lincoln Riley himself, the head coach at USC, is one of those guys that way back when Mike Leach elevated him up from off the field to on the field, and he began his coaching career that way. Uh, So it's pretty typical for what they do in this air raid system. So so they moved Hollingshead up to the on-field position coach inside receivers. The other role changes on the state coaching staff – Matt Brock, who has been the outside receivers coach, I'm sorry, sorry, time out. The outside linebackers coach is now going to coach all linebackers on defense. Eric Mealy, who's been the running backs coach, is moving and going to strictly coach special teams. He's going to coach all special teams. Defensive coordinator Zach Arnett, who's been coordinating the defense but coaching the inside linebackers, he's now going to coach the safeties. Okay. And Jason Washington is moving over to offense and going to coach running backs. They did a couple of different things, too, on the offensive side. Uh, Outside receivers coach Steve Spurrier Jr. is adding the passing game coordinator uh, title. And offensive line coach Mason Miller is adding the run game coordinator Role. And they put this in there, but listen to those names. I had this conversation recently with somebody about the Mike Leach uh, coaching tree and all these people that you know started as off the field or GAs and he'd elevate them and over the years it would build up. But listen to the names. I've seen the picture of this, but listen to this. Uh, he's joining this coaching tree including former and current head coaches Lincoln Riley, Dave Aranda, Sonny Cumbie, Dana Holgerson, Seth Littrell, Art Bryles, Ken Wilson, Neil Brown, Josh Heupel, Eric Morris, Sonny Dykes, Cliff Kingsbury, Ruffin McNeil, and assistant coaches Wes Welker, Bill Badenball, Robert Anu, Alex Grinch, Brandon Jones. (laughs) I mean – good gracious all those guys come out of that air raid stuff and a lot of them have adapted it and some more than others but pretty incredible coaching tree actually alright that'll wrap it up for today we'll do it again tomorrow same time same place here in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio for Bill I'm Matt and they have all of us here on the show we'll see you tomorrow
0: see ya